are live on the side quest live and uh, it's uh, happening beautiful happening Friday evening here at uh, side questing HQ we are now rejoined by this guy up there Taylor Bliss welcome That's back me. after a, a week a couple weeks away uh, we last oh. saw you I'm Dolly Demoff still, still recovering I'm, le- I'm I'm legit still a little Next sick from JJ. PAX. Yeah. Are you still, really? Yeah, my nose still hasn't fully recovered from PAX yet. You had, you caught the PAX pox. I Not COVID, it. but the pox. That's for I, sure. I'm I think this was plain pox. Yeah, it's just, just a regular pox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's funny. I usually come back from PAX, um, or other uh, conferences, E3, whatever. I am always coming back with something, and I'm always like just crushed for like two, three days afterwards. <laughs> Nothing this year. <laughs> it's like the first time in ages that I came back with like I'm I'm feeling fine. I'm, I'm oh, I fully it's 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 weird what happens when uh, the whole every every attendee has to wear a face has face to wear covering. a face mask. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I'm 100 percent certain it wasn't the show because it was actually yeah. relatively clean at the show. But the yeah. airplane, like I heard coughing, I heard sneezing, I heard sniffles. Uh, nobody was wearing a mask on the plane. I was, but. You can thank our, our our PAX party list for helping spread all the COVID that was Beautiful. that actually was. There. Maybe don't advertise that part. I'm just throwing that out there. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, yeah, it was a it was it's, it was a fun time. Healthy as we can be. Uh, good to have you back, Taylor. Real quick before we get into all the the rest of the stuff, PAX. We we didn't get to do a follow up with you on PAX. JJ and I already talked. What? Um, what was your PAX experience like this year, like overall in general? Uh, I mean, it's a lot for me because it was my first time back in almost a decade. So, yeah, um, you know, it's like, hey, how what was the what was PAX like for you? You know, in comparison, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, um, the last time that I went, it was the upcome, you know, the up and coming of indie games and now mm-hmm. it was, what's interesting is that now that's what PAX at least this certainly this PAX East was it I mean they it, to say that they dominated the show floor it almost doesn't go far enough because right. they were because they were the show floor it was it was the be all and end all uh, of everything there yeah um, like Baldur's Gate was like the largest thing like the, <laughs> like the biggest and <laughs> and and to call Baldur's Gate and um and Larian to say yeah. that they're not, I mean, they're like, I they're get, not indie yeah, in, yeah. in a sense, yeah. but like, they're also not what we typically construe as that AAA presence on a show floor. So I guess, I guess that tiny Tina game was there, but nobody was, nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't hear a lot about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It was nice to be back um it mm-hmm. was it was nice to like talk to because the the biggest thing that i you know obviously i talk to you guys on a regular basis um but as far as people that are more embedded in the industry this is the first time that i got to talk yeah we're to just them. fucking clowns by <laughs> yeah, I mean, like yeah myself yeah. myself included yeah um and so to be able to sit down and actually talk to folks that are embedded yeah. in it again uh, was was very welcome because uh, I have not done that in a long time. So uh, I don't think that I necessarily got the true pulse of the games industry from it, uh, but it was a it was a fun time. That's that. I guess that's the way that I look. Hey, at it. 
We capped off a panel. I think we did okay we, first. That was that's still insane dope. to me. Um, <laughs> yep. My my first panel was sold out. Um, <laughs> so it was you. So yeah, basically, was, I've never I've never sold out a panel. So it's totally that's true. You. I mean, <laughs> there's only there's only one thing that's changed, Dally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, there was a lot of things that were really cool to see. I will say that on top of really liking a lot of the stuff that I saw. One of the other things that's so different compared to like the last time that I went, and we talked about this a little bit on the floor when we mm-hmm. were looking at stuff, is the sheer presence of or presence of early access, whether it is a game that's actually in early access, literally, or mm-hmm. we're showing this on the show floor and it's also available this exact thing that you're playing right now and not, not that I don't like this but you know it's something to note um is or is available on Steam right now as a sure. demo yeah. is an interesting <clears throat> juxtaposition because it's cool that accessibility is there it's weird that it removes some of the exclusiveness of being yeah. on an expo floor the which, sort of yeah the sort of expo necessity has been stripped away from it right it, you yeah. know it's you know that that kind of sense of yeah i went here and i you know i played this thing that i couldn't have done anywhere else that part is gone now nowhere you know when i get downloaded off of steam i don't get to talk to the sole yeah. developer of it um so that that part's the unique experience for sure um but you know that's that's very different uh than yeah. and that's also just me. sort of a result of the big guys not being there too because there's no yeah there's no early access you know ea game or you know th very true game. <laughs> very true yeah but yeah i don't know i don't know if you guys had kind of a different response to uh to that question than than what i gave but that's that's what i have to say no i think yours was good enough thanks <laughs> yeah. i uh no i it was uh, yeah i I think it was the same. I um, I think I mentioned it last weekend at the show that I, I actually loved seeing more indies there uh, more than anything else. The smaller, the smaller sort of the double A and triple I studios or whatever, whatever you want to call them. And just, just flat out indies. I think those are, those are fantastic. Um, hey, Jeffrey. Super good guy. And uh, you know, so it was, it was a great experience from that standpoint. And, and the reason I love shows like PAX uh, is that you, you actually get one-on-one time with developers and yeah. not necessarily the PR people. I, right. nothing, I love my PR people. I love you, love you. But I'm, what I mean is, yeah. just hired booth work is yeah. what I should say. Yeah. Well, it, it's yeah. it's like getting taken behind a door and talking to the people that are actually like boots to the mm-hmm. ground on the yes. game. Yes, yeah. Getting it's, a sort something of something yeah, so cool about that. Special. Like I, I always go back to just having to go that weird mm-hmm. like off-site Toe Jam and Earl thing that I did that one time where the creator of Toe Jam and Earl was there, <laughs> like still coming up with ideas for this game that wasn't coming out for like six months. Mm-hmm. It was just like this, as you're as you're trying to interview him, he's like hashing out with the developers actively. <laughs> you're just like, and you get and, that stuff, yeah. get that stuff on the show floor. Like they see you break it in some way and they're like, I guess we should uh, try to figure <laughs> out what to do with that, huh? <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. Someone... I mean, I, I, one of one of my demos was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, sorry, you're about to get to a spot where the palette, the entire palette for the for the background is broken," <laughs> and you know, like in some ways, it's kind of endearing because it's like, I'm not gonna get this. Ex- I'm like, I'm personally yeah. fine with. It's like mm-hmm. I have no, I have no 
misgivings about where this game is in its process of of being made. Um, so I don't uh, similarly don't have any expectations about. It. I know that they're not trying to release it. So it's kind of endearing to be able to like, oh yeah, it's, like they're clearly very not happy about it. But it's like it's not. It's broken. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, I I don't know. I like it. I like the genuineness. Same, same. Uh, well, <clears throat> Pax East is gone. It's over. Yeah, it's already dead. planning for next year. Maybe I'll be there. It might be falling on a on a weekend that I may not be able to make it, but I might sneak off for a day or two. So we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we all got, we're all about we're all about June now. We're, we're just all, all about waiting. June, <laughs> and we're going to talk about that in a little bit here. Uh, uh, but but first, well, TwitchCon. I'd love to go to TwitchCon. Uh, TwitchCon. Um, yeah, we're going to get partnered and then go to TwitchCon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> first, there is we're so cl- we're so close. To we're, so we're so close. close. We got six whole subscribers. No, uh, I do want to get into a little. <laughs> one of them is me, <laughs> one, and one of them is me. <laughs> you got you got a third of the subscribers. Uh, no, uh, I do want to get in, into a little bit of news because surprisingly there was not giant earth shattering news, but some pretty substantial news. I'm gonna jump with the first one here, which is embrace at least, at least one big one. At least one big one. Um, uh, yeah, the Sonic 2 news, exactly. No, Embracer <laughs> Group uh, has purchased the rights to, uh, you know, a bunch of the Western developers, a bunch of the IP from Square Enix. I was going to say, um, more than the rights, they just bought the studios. They just bought yeah. the studios, baby. $300 million per... I, again, I think this is a steal from the IP and studio people standpoint. Whether Whatever you say about the games is, is one thing, but to have this amount of talent, I think is awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's you know what Crystal Dynamics is a part of that. Uh, yeah. Ubisoft, or I'm sorry, Ubisoft, um, Square Enix, Montreal, um, IDOS. So there's 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 a bunch. There's a bunch of stuff on there. So and they get the IP it's, like yeah. It's it's kind of crazy because Crystal Dynamics feels like it would have been worth a lot of mm-hmm. money on its own. Because. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the combo of Crystal Dynamics and Laura Croft um, has become yeah. quite quite valuable sure. in the in the last few years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But with yeah. movies and with the, a second movie supposedly in the works. Um, well, the movie's not the movie rates aren't tied to it, right? This is just <clears throat> game rights. No, but uh, but the movie pr- promotes yes the IP. Yep, and we and, know there's a new game in there, so um, yeah. yeah. Maybe a Philly first. Hey, how's it going, Playland? Um, but uh, in sorry, just me, just just me clicking clicking shit as usual. Yeah. But I, I, you know, it, it's it's a big win for Embracer, who just keeps growing and growing yeah. and growing and growing. I mean, they yeah, bought remember remember THQ stuff. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's crazy because like you, you know, I you look at like oh my god embracer who the fuck is embracer <laughs> and then you were like oh okay time to go click on their wikipedia page and realize that <laughs> it's it's actually nordic yeah aka yeah. thq nordic yeah um well just because like embracer group sounds like such a fucking venture capital like just big <laughs> money random huh. group group of dude like i don't like that's what it sounds like to me oh huh, uh, weird i wonder why weird. <laughs> yes <laughs> But at this, find... at the same time, it is a specifically a video game company. Yeah, and and it's not a VC firm that's just trying to expand and own 
a bit of video game to like expand his portfolio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, yes, I get, I get that Embracer Group is also <laughs> extremely generic for a specific reason. Um, but despite that, it is more it is more focused. Yes. Uh, and so Embracer again, they started as Nordic Games, smaller company. They produced the We Sing and Sing Star, and a couple other little like smaller things. So nothing <clears throat> overly major. Um, but I, I think it was really 2011 when they they started like just buying up studios yeah. left and right. And then I think it was in 2013 when the remnants of THQ went up went up for sale yeah. and they said, well, shit, we're going to buy it. Let's go ahead and buy it. And so they bought mm-hmm. it and then they changed the name to THQ Nordic a couple yeah. years later. And then that was 2013. When, yeah, 2013. When, they bought it when, when they helped. did when they did the rebranded THQ Nordic. And uh, from then on, you know, they, they started pump, pumping out a few games and, and then um, uh, they bought uh, was it Coke cock media or Coke media, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, who knows how to pronounce it, whatever they're called. Uh, and it, it just it ballooned after that. It just exponentially. Well, what was grew. crazy is, is that they were like sure. they were like scooping studios off yeah. of Coke Media for yes years. I mean, because I'm again, I don't know this off the top of my head. I'm reading the Wikipedia page. Um, it started with Ravens Court in 2014, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and then you just keep going down, and then it's like okay, well they they sat on it for a bit, and then they started picking up Deep Silver. Um, yeah. properties off yeah. of Cook Media. What, what and... is it? They, don't they own Gearbox now, like as of last year? <laughs> Pro- yeah, probably. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> they bought Lost Boys Interactive yeah. and and Cryptic off of Gearbox. Oh, actually, and they bought Gearbox Publishing San Francisco. Oh, so, there you yes. go. So, yep. They uh, according to so Gearbox, Gearbox, yeah. Gearbox Entertainment was acquired by Embracer Group in April yeah. 2021. So. You know yeah. who else was? Dark Horse. Yeah. From the yeah. comics, so they bought them. They bought Decker really? Games. Yes, Jesus. they got Gearbox Entertainment. Uh, they bought all the Coke Media, which includes Prime Matter and a bunch of stuff. Saber Interactive, they own. Yeah, which includes 3D Realms. I was gonna I'm say, just... yeah, I mean 3D Realms, Demiurge, which was um, yeah, uh, and, and, Demiurge had a presence at PAX. And let me just say this: that um, the Wikipedia page says they really started. <laughs> Looking at like it, it going international in 2011, um, we're older than Embracer Group, <laughs> and yet here we are, unacquired by 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 Embracer. That means we're gonna acquire Embracer. Uh, I the... would be very good for the business. <laughs> no, no, hopefully, no. I would love to just get moved to Dark Horse Comics. Yeah, there you go. There is you specifically, they'll move to yeah. Dark Horse. But it, it's just it's insane how they just kind of they were really quiet from like 2013, yeah, to 20, even through almost 2018. There was a lot of like at the end of 2017, something happened where they were like, okay, it's time to buy <laughs> and then yeah. for the past five years it's just been all out and they've That's, been yeah. staring at some i mean their acquisitions have been very perfectly timed to the point where you can almost say hey uh you know <laughs> hbo is looking to auction off some of their get rid of some of their uh, wb stuff and dc yeah. maybe there's something there i mean y- yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> But well, make um, but yeah, 
who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, it, 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 there is a reality where Dark Horse and DC sort of become this conglomerate. Yeah. The way Warner Brothers is at Discovery is absolutely uninterested in the comic book side of everything. Uh, mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, I mean, maybe maybe we'll find out uh, some games from. Well, like I said, they bought uh, Tomb Raiders, uh, the IP. Maybe we'll find out a little bit more about uh, Tomb Raider at the upcoming Summer Game Fest, which launches June 9th. Summer Game Fest Live. What? See the future of video games. What a, what a fucking graphic they have for this. <laughs> this <game. laughs> This like, is quite, holy uh, shit, this is straight out of, like, a game fan magazine in 1998. Oh, that's just that. What a graphic. What a date and time. I ha Thursday at 11 a.m. my time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, who? Yeah. So. How am I going to day drink? Who, who is? Well, I guess. I mean, here's my thing is. I mean, I'm still going to day drink. But who is this? Who is this targeted at? I don't. Yeah, right. Like it makes it, it has the, all the feeling of them wanting to push this towards just the media side, like old E three. Well, it's either it's like just E3s, media, just media, and just kids in, in on summer at, vacation. At, at, so, on summer vacation, I don't know. Well, they're not like, on summer vacation yet because the schools are still in for like the next yeah. day. They're still school after June that. or through June ninth. Through, well, through that week, because yeah. it's like what's it's, last folks are in. Yeah, I, I will say time-wise, sorry, real quick, time-wise, yeah. the the time frame is, I think, 11 a.m. your time, you said, JJ? Yeah. 2, 2 p.m. East Coast time. Yeah. Um, and I, European time, it's good, but I, when it's you look weird. at J Japan, it's like 3 a.m. Japan time. Mm -hmm. So you either got to do it late at night, yeah. uh, which is which is manageable. You do like a 9 yeah. o'clock, like a, like a Game Awards show. Or you do a um, or like a six o'clock, you know, I think you six o'clock is probably a pretty good time. Or you do really early in the morning, even earlier than this, yeah. uh, which they're not doing. It's just it's a it's weird like weird it time. made but, sense when this was E3 because it was press coverages. Yes. Press events. That's just like you get to enjoy it, but it's not really for you. Right. Uh, kind of thing like. This is Jeff Keighley. This is the man that like is trying to mainstream all of this video game bullshit. And 11 a.m. on a th on a Thursday, it, it's, it's just it's just weird. Like I don't it know. Really like is. the, is the it, is, Thursday, it's like it's it like, like when you is it like when you go get a convention? It's like well, this is the cheapest weekend to do it, so this is when we're gonna do like, like, like yeah. I mean, the the Thursday the Thursday is usually when it was okay. It's the first day of the of the convention yeah. weekend. So we're gonna get we're gonna kick it off on Thursday and I don't I yeah. don't know like was it was this the was this the Thursday the D three was originally supposed to start off and they couldn't they just could not get so, people I mean, to change E three always started on like you had your the proper press conferences usually lately was uh, Microsoft was Sundays which they're keeping up we talked about that last week um, uh, and you you had a couple other on Sunday then you had Monday was like Sony and a bunch of other oh, press right. conferences you know Square Enix Ubisoft and then Tuesday was usually Nintendo in the morning and then a couple you know maybe little indie ones here and there and that was it because it was Tuesday every year that I went to E3 <clears throat> the day would start at noon on Tuesday because everybody was kind of finishing Nintendo's uh, press conference and getting some early access hands-on at some of the hotels and stuff. And then the show floor would open at noon. 
uh, and it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But you you actually had stuff happening as early as like Thursday and Friday, sometimes of the um, the week before. I think Oculus back when it was Oculus held an event like the Thursday before, and then uh, Starbreeze held an event, or somebody held an event where they debuted a really ugly looking VR headset on like a Saturday, the Saturday night. So they're EA had their EA play on Saturday usually, you know, lately. So it was a, it was kind of all over the place. But um, yeah, it. This is a weird. T- but they were always in the evening. Uh, Microsoft was in the daytime because it's Microsoft and they've they've kind of owned it. So I, yeah, maybe maybe they're just trying to take over what E three used to be for this time slot. To <clears throat> which makes it really weird if E three does manage to come back next year and Jeff is really. Sticking to this eleven o'clock time slot, what's that gonna? You know, how is that gonna? You think is there any chance that the ESA invites him back to do anything partnership wise? I I don't know. I have no. It's who he is. I feel the way I he feel, burned that bridge, think, but yeah. But, but at the same at the same time, get him to stop doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> no, true. I mean, the other thing is that he's built a very significant brand cachet that yeah, yeah. has value to it. And if you are the ESA and you're like, oh, shit, we really need to re-legitimize E3, having Keeley there is now a not a detractor, uh, but a benefitor to the legitimacy of of your show as a platform. And he has a and he has a network, and that network may be useful to them as well. Sure. (laughs) I mean, and also also like the dude knows how to single handedly set a stage production. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, even as a as a kickoff event, it's actually not a bad idea. You have this couple hour kickoff event with yeah. potentially with um, games like this, that may or like, may not yeah. be in. You know, you, you're not you're not going to have uh, Telltale's uh, Expanse game like he showed last year during the Game Award. You're not going to have that in in any of the other quote unquote big you know E3 press conferences. So you could you could have it in a summer game fest. You could have some. You know, you could have an Elden Ring there, and then have more shown during the uh, uh, you know the other uh-huh. press conferences, which uh-huh. what, what people have done. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I think there's opportunity. We'll, we'll find we'll find out if <laughs> we have to see if E3 comes back first. Yeah, if it comes back. But uh, anyways, there you go. Circle your calendars, or since you don't really circle them, you just kind of input it in your phone or on Google Doc. There it is, June 9th. We will do a live drink along as usual. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, gonna be. I, you want me to take the day off? I took I the am. day off. I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Ta- I'm, I'm taking the day. I notified Absolutely. my I notified my uh, my boss that I'm taking the half day that day. I got days to burn, JJ. You guys yeah. are you guys are work from home anyway. Oh <laughs> uh, goodness. Um, let's see here. All right. So then, uh, next little bit of news here that I got. Let's see. If I can pull this sucker in. I mean, it's it's all over the place. I mean, every, everybody again. Everybody's suing Activision. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. But the, but this story specifically with which is um, the New York City pension mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is suing Activision. So th- this is the type of thing that we're going to start to see a lot of. Where and actually it's happening with this is unrelated to our show, mm-hmm. but with Twitter, uh, with a uh, lawsuit coming out of Delaware. Uh, similar idea though, which is pensioners um hedge fund managers mm-hmm. uh larger organizations that have investments in companies of the size of activision and twitter 
they because they are stockholders as, as long as they have enough stock to have push they can file a lawsuit and say mm-hmm. you devalued our enterprise uh by doing x y and z um and so that's what's that's the that's the short rundown of what's happening with uh, the activ the newest Activision lawsuit, <laughs> the latest Activision lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we we you look hard enough there. We expect to see more stuff coming out about Kodak. Um, it's looking more like he was amicable about I mean amicable about the sale for particular reasons, mm-hmm. which is that he knew that this was probably going to get worse for him and get worse for Activision, uh, which is why when Microsoft came to the table, he was like, yeah, you know what? This is the right time. <laughs> Let's do- <laughs> And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's anything more we need to say about no. that, about that <clears throat> one. But we've already talked about Activision enough as it is. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, one thing we can talk about, is let me see if i can load this sucker up no i can't i will click over here since we didn't post this news we're getting this news out of uh gematsu and to be honest it's been kind of posted everywhere but uh, remember that prince of persia remake oh, that yeah. was that was uh, supposedly on the way being made out of uh pune india a studio there um ubisoft uh montreal is taking over that sands of time remake um Free advertisement for MLB The Show 2022. There you go, right there. Available available now on Game Brought to you by Excedrin. Game over (laughs) for headaches. Um, (laughs) I did not use that last week. No. Um, uh, So it's it's been a troubled game, right? It's already gone through a few delays. um, This is just the latest delay. I just don't give a shit about that. (laughs) You know what's funny is that I never played the original. It's a great mm-hmm. game, but it was mm-hmm. a great game. Like at, at this point, the amount of time that it's taking to get this remake out, you could have just been making a new Prince of Persia. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like which which people honestly would have given more of a shit the, about. The thing yes. about the thing about remakes are like they're kind of good for stopgap reasons for a lot of a lot of reasons for things like or remasters or whatever. It's just like it. it but, so yeah, I guess I I think to your point, JJ. Yeah. What what it what it feels like from Ubisoft is that there's no strategy to it. it yeah. they're just doing it. They're just doing but, it because. They but can it's not. But not last... for a reason. Yeah. Just because somebody like had the idea. Okay. Hey, a uh, Prince of Persia remake would be kind of cool, and somebody yeah. else was like, "Yeah, you know what? It might be. Let's do that." Yeah. But it's not like for a, not to fill a need. Yeah. Or a passage of time, just because like yeah we could. When I don't know you, you know that there's got to be somebody else at, that, at Ubisoft who was like, "Dog, I just pitched a new Prince of Persia like two months ago, and they said yeah. no." Dog, yeah. <laughs> you, you, I'm saying there, you know yeah. that's it. It had to have happened. Maybe it was longer yeah. than two months, yeah. but there's no way that somebody didn't pitch yeah. a new Prince of Persia and got shot down. But then somebody was like, "Oh, oh fuck." Show. God, you remember how much people like the original Prince of Persia? We should remake that. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody say yeah. Prince of Persia? Let's remake yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, just such so, a shit show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it just uh, just scrap it. Like, uh, at this point, yeah. yeah. Like, why why bother? At the, like, we all saw when they first started showing off the game a little bit how bad it looked. Yeah, it didn't all look good. And, and it's just, like, so clearly, like, it's in a bad place. Like, what... There is no good that can possibly come out of this project. And mm-hmm. 
Like it, all it can do at this point is tarnish the sands of time. Like you already kind of did that with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dog, there was a movie. You guys remember that? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I totally forgot. Jake Gyllenhaal's Prince of Persia <laughs> with Yo, accompanying what with accompanying Lego sets. <laughs> oh god! They, yeah, they need to. I don't know. Do, I mean, do you can't. Yeah, I don't know who's excited about this anymore. I'm certainly not. Persia, I really wasn't in the first place, but now I'm definitely yeah. not looking forward to it. Prince of um, Persia is such a versatile, like, action game sort of, like, base that it just, like, because, like, you know, you have the original ones, which was those fun, rotoscoped, yeah, uh, yeah. side-scrolling sort of adventure games. And you had Sands of Time, and it's sort of, like, kind of follow-ups, which which had their thing. And you, you had... Um, the 2008, the Prince of Persia game that was like really fucking good. Yeah. That, uh, like you, it was like Wario, the Wind Waker of, yeah. yeah, yeah, where it was just like you can't die, everything's great. Like, you know, it's like, uh, they need to reboot it, they need to yeah. go ahead, just what, reboot yeah. it, and yeah, just to make a new fucking game, just make man. a new game that'll, that'll yeah. go over better and then let this, let this sucker die yeah. and. Well, back to it, we all know it. that that's not the way this is going to go. So oh, yeah. we'll just have to wait <laughs> until they finish this it, remake. I cannot fucking wait for this to like end up coming out with like some sort of weird, like tiered deluxe situation where it's like, oh, like yeah. oh. $30 will get you the base game. $40 <laughs> will get you it and a remastered version of the original game. And like $50 will get you the original classic and the <laughs> Xbox Live Arcade remake and the fucking... Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well... No, it's going to come uh, with free Pins of Persia NFTs. Sorry yeah, for the wait. There you, oh, go. Yeah, yeah. there you go. One game that is, uh, maybe it's on track, although I'm definitely expecting a delay. It's the last bit of music here, by the way. Yeah. Somehow, Final Fantasy 16 uh, <laughs> is supposedly supposedly uh, ready yeah, I mean, to go we still, soon. We still never got the showcase from last year, right? Yeah. yeah. Because like there was supposed to be the big update slash announcement about yeah. sixteen coming from Yoshi P, and we didn't get that last year, and we still have not gotten it this year. Yeah. So, gotta assume that they're just postponing until Squeenix does a showcase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it does sounds like I mean I'm guessing that's going to be a part of. Uh, well, look here. The news is. Uh, it's near the end of development, and um, uh, there's a trailer ready to go. The trailer's been completed, and they're waiting for the right time. You know, they're waiting to release it soon. I'm guessing it's probably going to be part of the whatever PlayStation thing is going to be happening in the next uh, couple months here. Probably, I'm going to guess, since there's no E3 this year, they don't care. They, they'll probably drop something at the end of May, maybe end of this month, the very beginning of June. Um, but... Uh, Maybe at Summer Game Fest, for all we know. But um, I, you yeah, know, I, mean, I so- think Sony doesn't have a squared up next because Final Fantasy 16 is exclusive, mm-hmm. or at least timed, yeah. um, and they don't really have anything squared up on like coming out other than God, God of War. War. Yeah. So they need another notch in the belt, so to speak, or at least they they should they should want one. 
I'm yeah. There, this is the time you you have a showcase and show show some of your biggest games because uh, <laughs> guess what you, you got you got no more Forbidden West footage to show off anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Guess that, what that, you guys are getting? You guys are gonna get that. Remember Last of Us two? Well, now you're getting Last of Us one again. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll so strategic remakes. Strategic right. remakes. Strategic remakes. But uh, enough about that. Enough about news. Let's get into games that we are gaming, plays that we are gaming. Um, I want to start with uh, with you, Taylor. Have you been playing anything lately? You were playing something just now, actually. Yeah, yeah I was. Um, so we got back from PAX, and then... Wait, hold on. Did, I, did we have a week last week? Yeah, we did. Yeah. You weren't on it, but yeah. We weren't on it. I, 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 I wasn't. I don't remember what I did last week, to be honest. The last week was like a, <laughs> it was a blur. Oh, 100% a blur. Um, and then I was gone. I was at, oh, out of town last weekend. And then mm-hmm. I didn't play. I like, let's pretend I didn't play any games. I didn't do anything at all. Um, Actually, I, I brought my Steam Deck on the road with me and literally did not turn it on a single That's, time. Is that weekend. always how it happens? Dude, yeah, it was, always, it I'm was, bring my console with me. And- it was so depressing. Oh, it was the worst. <laughs> but, and then I was in the office. I, had to, I, I commuted all day this week. Yeah. And uh, the biggest thing is that when I, when I do my commute and then I come home, I'm like... I'm fucking flushed. You're I don't want to do. I don't want to do jack shit. You don't want to be in front of another screen. <laughs> and so, you know, we would eat dinner, put my daughter to bed, and then I'd be like, okay. And I just sit on the couch and I just bring out the Steam Deck instead of going downstairs to my computer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I put in like ten hours of Rogue Legacy over the past week. Rogue Legacy two. Rogue Legacy two. Um, nice. And Rogue Legacy two is an interesting game because. Anybody who's played Rogue Legacy 1 and looked at what's happened to the roguelike, roguelite uh, game space since it since that one came out, you're like, they're, okay, listen, they're making a sequel, whatever. Uh, it, it's, it was a good game at the time, but it can't compete with the stuff that's out there now. And mm-hmm. if you just assume that it's going to do something really similar to what the first one did... You think that okay, this who knows, but, but Rogue Legacy Two is impeccable. Um, I don't know. They did it. They they did it. They did it. Um, they clearly knew what they were doing the first game, and stuff has come out since then, and the new one's even better. They've updated all, the art style. Oh, dude, the art is so good. It it's like the 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 layered the layered two D kind of painty i don't know it's it just mm-hmm. it just works um it looks really good on the steam deck which is aside from what i played right before the show started where i put in all of the time on my play <laughs> um it's you know it plays perfect on steam deck 60 fps and and solid no drops or anything like that it's just a great game i don't know if you if you're a like the first one or B like roguelites. This <laughs> is the kind of game that you the... are wanting to play. Roguelite ass roguelike. It really, really is. Nice. That's a great yeah, that's good. Highly recommend. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I'm uh I need to get well, I I've only played minimally of the first one. Just one of those games that just kind of 
I got it. I started playing it, and then I stopped because of you know, whatever. Something else. Any any number of reasons. <laughs> so, would you recommend me playing the getting back into the first game first, and then hop? Not worth your time. Or? No. No, just go right right to this. There, there, there's there, there's nothing that you gain by playing Rogue Legacy one sure. compared to Rogue Legacy two, um, mm-hmm. unless you just really wanted to experience the gotcha. difference of it. But if you've been playing Rogue Lights or Rogue Likes in Whatever. the interim since then, you're gonna go back to Rogue Legacy one and be like, okay, I I went backwards nice. um, in in some of the stuff. So I would just hop into Rogue Legacy two. Cool. <clears throat> I might do that. I might do that. Um, well, excellent. Well, uh, I might do that now that I'm have essentially completed this game. Let me show you guys. Ready? I've completed? been completed. Well, getting close. Uh, <laughs> it's not a long game that I'm gonna uh, talk to you guys about, but it's uh, it's it's an impactful game. It's called Trek to You. Oh. I'm gonna go full screen on this bad boy because I uh, like JJ and like Zach. I have started to do uh, a presentation. I'm very proud of myself. Um, and uh, I think this is uh, definitely something that um, that you guys have rubbed off on me as a, as a great way to tell the story of, uh, of, of a review. So I'm just going to go full screen here. Trek to Yomi. So Trek to Yomi, and I've got... This is, this is a good, good presentation, I hope. Trek to Yomi is a... Classic Japanese cinema-themed uh, kind of samurai shogun. Classic, uh, I guess, classic Japanese um, film Kurosawa. experience. Kurosawa. But there's a little bit more uh, experience, <laughs> and it's it's very cinematic um, it, for for folks that are just getting into this game for the first time. If you're a younger player and you've probably never seen a lot of these older older movies, which I'll talk about here, uh, you're gonna look at this and say, "Oh, it." It's exactly what I think of a Japanese samurai movie is, but it, it, it's actually a lot, a lot more than that. So, um, Trek to Yomi, <clears throat> Yomi, by the way, is essentially the, the afterlife, but uh, it's published by Devolver Digital. It's developed by Flying Wild Hog, um, and it is a, it's a immaculate love letter to classic japanese cinema and i focus i keep saying cinema because it's not a love letter to sword battles it's a love letter to the the movie that genre of films and so let me talk about a couple of these films right tokyo story i think it was 1953 or so uh, and you're going to start seeing the steam develop in these images that i'm showing you guys tokyo story probably the one of the first biggest if not the biggest um original Japanese uh, cinematic films, uh, cinematic masterpieces, I should say. Black and white, of course, of that era. Post-war Japan, so there's still there's still aspects of U.S. occupation in there. They're kind of building up their, uh, their prowess in filmmaking, and now that the uh, the company is sort of in, in, or the company, the country is in, in growth again, they're starting to put more money back into the arts um, after after the war, right? So after things, if enough stuff has sort of started to advance again uh, in the fifties, that they're they're starting to pour money back in. Obviously, this is the 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 era of uh, Godzilla as well, and there are there's a, some kind of aspects of, of Godzilla in this that I'm talking about. But um, the thing about the 
films of this era in Japan is they're very poetic, right? There's there's almost like this sense of haiku in in the way that they construct the movies and that every shot, every line that someone says, every image you see, every item, everything has meaning and it all kind of focuses, all kind of works together. So in Trek to Yomi, they're, they've taken that same aspect where everything needs to be cohesive and everything needs to, needs to work together. Not like, you know, Doctor Strange 2 uh, that we just saw, which is like everything just <laughs> make your eyes melt, no pun intended and no spoiler intended. Um, but uh, it just needs to look cool. In this, every single shot, like you see this perspective shot in Tokyo Story, which is, by the way, it's a, it's a phenomenal film about this elderly couple and their their kids essentially want to put send them to a, a health spot and so I, I would recommend watching it they're all you know english subtitles you can find them all over the place uh, i even think youtube probably has them um uh but you look at the shot the shot in perspective and they they chose this shot because it's a sort of gorgeous home or gorgeous abode it's got lighting it's got shadow in there and it's got this sort of dichotomy and it's it's leading you down this hallway, right? And then one of the next shots is looking at the 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 couple and, and you're almost like peeking in on their lives and, and what this whole genre, there's a strong theme of you're not watching a movie, you're watching someone's life sort of unfold. And, and sometimes that does mean like peeking around a corner and seeing seeing something happening unfolding and you see a lot of stuff in the foreground in front of people in front of the action and i think that's such a cool aspect uh, especially in tokyo story which is one of the first real films to do it <clears throat> obviously seven samurai there's a big uh you know thematic essence of that in this game in terms of how they sort of display battles and in this scene in Seven Samurai, right? Uh, if you haven't seen a Kurosawa's masterpiece, that Rashomon, that kind of stuff, um, it's this sort of two D platformer, right? You're looking at this this scene with somebody practicing sword fighting, and and, and they're doing they're doing certain aspects where it's almost like a dance, but it's sort of playing out in front of you, like on a stage, so to speak. Um, uh, and the focus is very in, intent on having this person be in the center, but not be in the foreground. They're literally in the center of a room where there's stuff in front of them, there's stuff behind them, and you're kind of seeing them sort of, uh, you know, dance with the, with their sword uh, at that point. Then you have this as well. <clears throat> Another really famous scene. Again, look at that stuff that's in the, uh, in the foreground there. You're one of the bystanders watching, watching this scene unfold um and you go into uh harakari harakiri sorry which is another famous another famous film right around that time um the duel right there's a sort of the the samurai shogun and a lot of those kind of medieval or feudal medieval japanese films of that era really focused on these duels which is one person versus another person and it Every battle is about honor. It's not a, it's not just a cool fight, but it's combat. Uh, and we spoke a little bit about that when we talked about um, everything, everywhere, all at once. There's a lot of every, you know, there's a lot of combat. It's not fights. It's not a battle, but it's it's combat as a problem solving aspect, and that's what 
what this uh, what this film, this scene actually kind of showcases. Again, it's sort of like a dance. You're not over the shoulder of the quote unquote protagonist. You're seeing this as if you were standing in the field watching these two guys battle it out. Another one. I love it. The guy is, you know, he's again, he he's in this thing. He wants to commit Harakiri, Harakiri sorry, um, but uh, he's kind of getting talked out of it. But, you know, he's he's being judged by everybody around there. Again, it's not a close up to his face. You're sort of in the rafters watching the scene unfold <clears throat> to get back to Trek to Yomi. And you start thinking about what that actually means. Right. Uh, Trek to Yomi takes place as a oh, let me see here um i think this is playable can i play it here Oop, nope i have to go back here oh, i can't play it darn oh, i actually had the the gameplay trailer there come on youtube will that let me this is like the uh, uh oh well this, this is the pax panel all over again. this is the pax panel all over again no i'll play the uh i'll play the the, the video in a second here Trek to Yomi takes place, starts off as uh, the young kid. Um, again, it's built on the idea of honor, the idea of uh, fulfillment of, of duty. As this young child, you're training um, in, the, in the arts, uh, you know, in, the, in the combat arts with your, your sensei. All of a sudden, he's called off to <clears throat> something's happening down in the town square. So he's called off and... And you start you start to get a little, little worried because it was very rushed, right? And this all unfolds in like the first like two minutes of the of the game. Um, so you run off to try to find him, and you're kind of running, moseying through this town. Uh, and you can see the shot there. People are just kind of walking around. Again, it it's deliberately set up. Uh, I'm gonna mute you, Taylor. I was just heading over there. Yeah. Yes, yeah, son of a gun. Um, it's deliberately set up as if you were on, you know, you were one of the bystanders watching this just sort of take place, right? You're obviously you're controlling the hero, but uh, he's walking across the stage there. You're going through foreground and background in some of the scenes, but um, it's a really interesting take. Again, a lot of perspective, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, 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 you know, we call it Kiara Scuro, but a lot of, um, yeah dark and light and contrast and shadow and sunlight and it's done in black and white so they really are emphasizing that era um so you go on you know he's he's looking for his master his his sensei again he's walking through the uh walking through this this portion of town he's walking past people you see the stuff in the foreground there right there's a guy getting to work in the foreground and milling something there's people in the background In a typical platforming game uh, or a 2D side-scrolling game, you wouldn't have stuff necessarily happening in the foreground like this, right? You would be just see, just focusing on the action in the back, but you're meant to see this as you're a part of this experience. Uh, and I love this shot. This is after one of the first initial battles where, where he's kind of taking out some of these bandits. You're in... In the house across the street, overlooking this battle take place, everything in the foreground is got that blur to it, so it's framing this fight that just took place. Uh, and it's so cool because I feel like I'm peeking through this window as this battle, and it's purposefully from a specific distance away, so I can't tell what the guy's face is saying. You know, I mean, you hear what they're saying, but you can't look, see their face, you see their 
actions and you see the battle. And again, it's one-on-one battles. Um, and it's so cool from that standpoint. I really do feel like I'm somebody living in this little village <clears throat> watching this, this combat, this, this mortal combat take place. And here's the battle right there. Like I mentioned, one-on-one, you can actually see uh, somebody, a, a secondary uh, bandit kind of coming in there. But <clears throat> the way the battles unfold, structurally, it's very one-on-one. Um, there's usually weapons. It's not always weapons, but there's usually weapons. And it's it's set up like a duel, right? So even if there are folks sort of coming at you uh, from different sides, you're mostly going to be taking them on one by one. Now, it doesn't mean that two people won't attack you at once. You may be swinging your sword at one dude, then the person behind you might want to jump in, so you'll have to turn around and fight them, but they generally wait their turn. And they are sword fights, right? So they're you you really have to block, you have to parry, you have to roll out of the way. Uh, because it's in 2D, um, there's a little bit of an advantage at that point, at least that sort of kind of keeps things a little more focused. Um, but it focuses on that combat. It says, you know, like, the guy that you're fighting here in this shot runs at you. A lot of the bandits do this. They'll a lot of times they'll start with like a high swing, which means you have to parry up high. I'm I'm doing hand motions in our our video here, but you have to parry up high or block up high, and then he'll usually come in with a medium or lower shot, and you have to block down low. So he'll telegraph these shots based on kind of his posture and the way he's going to be swinging and attacking. And then if you manage to block those then you've kind of stopped them from swinging and you can hopefully get a shot in. But if you do it just right, you can give him a little bit of a stun and that gives you a, a really good opening to, to swing away. Now, <clears throat> these battles can be real difficult. Even on normal, uh, like normal difficulty, the the battles are, are definitely challenging and they're meant to be because um, you can see my little life gauge there. I had, you start off with sort of six life ticks there and then, that little line, that squiggly line below it is your stamina. And essentially what that means is you have to, uh, if you keep swinging or blocking too much, then you're going to wear down your energy and you're going to, you're going to have to, you know, your character starts breathing heavy and he can't fight back as easily. He can't block as easily. And I think there's something really kind of cool about that because it leaves you open for, for attack. Um, and so you have to manage not only swinging and blocking, but also regaining your stamina, getting out of the way. If you get cornered between two or three of these dudes coming at you, you really have to, you know, it, it, understand who you're going to go after first and how to get away from folks and and try to get a breather off the side. So, <clears throat> luckily, after you know two or three of these these fights, there's usually a safe point that you can get to and heal heal up and then move on to the next area. So. It's generous from that standpoint um, that there's only a couple bits of combat and then you can save and then the next bits of combat and then save. But uh, I really admire that each of these battles really does feel like a one-on-one duel. Really does feel like I'm coming at each of these with, uh, you know, I almost know this bandit because a lot of these bandits will talk, (laughs) they'll say stuff, they'll, argue they'll they'll be looting a house and you have you'll kind of catch them in the act and they turn around and attack you and so there is personality to each one um here's a really cool scene there was a fight on uh on one of the bridges there's lots of fights on bridges lots of fights over water but again you're you're imagine yourself as somebody on a boat looking up and you're seeing these two guys fight which i think is just so cool and then 
you know, you're standing in the field here. Uh, you've found out where your, your sensei is and again, cool stuff in the foreground there. There's a lot of the lumber that they've been working on. Um, and it's time to sort of rescue because you know, you, the bandits have your, have your guy. There it is. I'm going to head into the town square, uh, and I'm going to rescue him. And again, another great shot. All these shots are, it's a very linear game. There's not a lot of like extra stuff you can do. It's not like you're running around in 3d and climbing stuff. And it's definitely not like, um, uh, you know, uh, what was that game that came out, uh, last year? Um, that PlayStation game, um, that, uh, that samurai game, uh, ninja. God, I can't remember anymore. Anyways. Um, <laughs> It's not a giant <clears throat> 3D open world. It really is a linear experience. Uh, and it's really focused. Um, so again, explain that. Again, a lot of these shots are set up to be that very f realistic experience. I think, um, and what I mean by that is the every shot has a, just an enormous amount of detail. It's not like they're reusing assets like you'd see in a lot of other games, not like, Oh, there's the same tree over and over again. No, it's every, every scene has been built up. Every piece of clothing that's kind of hanging on a line. There feels like it's the first time you're seeing it. Every house feels fresh and original, even though they're not, they, they, they everything feels like it's meticulously been designed as opposed to copy pasted. Um, and in the, again, this scene, it's, it's one line. You're literally just running diagonal. You can't go left or right. You're just running up one way, but there's, there's so much awesome kind of uh, depth in this uh, running through graveyards, right? Every gravestone is different. It's unique. They're not vertical gravestones. They understand that, you know, you're going to, this is a, this is a, a village. It's been around for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. These gravestones have been decaying and the ground's been moving. So this stuff is shifting left and right, but everything has, this weird sense or this great sense of life and history. Um, and so when you do get to aspects of this world, I mean, again, this is just the opening sequence. This is five minutes into the game. This is the first chapter. You've already seen all this stuff and none of this is like static. Everything is moving. Everything's alive. And it's, it's just so well, so well done. And you get to, of course, fighting the, the head of the bandits, <clears throat> After he's mortally injured, you're fucking uh, wounded. Yeah, that guy jacked. Look at that six pack. Uh, may, I started, I hopped on the elliptical right away after playing this. But uh, um, there's the view. You are now in, you are now the, in sort of in the hero's body or in first person perspective in a little bit. But this is more of a storytelling feature. Like this guy is, this is coming at you, right? This is almost like he, he is definitely the evil dude in this scene. Uh, but, um, I think from, it, you know, all your focus on, and it's almost, it's kind of positioned from, you've been knocked down. You're sort of looking up at him. I think it's, it's a great angle that they're using. Time goes by, you know, you're, uh, you've sort of grown up a little bit. And this is obviously the opening, the opening sequence right here, uh, with the title screen. But, um, <clears throat> now you've taken over kind of managing this town. Again, I don't want to give away, spoil a lot of stuff. This is. This is very in line with what uh, Japanese cinema of the time was. This is very obvious storytelling that if, if you've been involved in games in the last 25 years, you're going you're gonna to understand it. Um, but it, again, it's that whole haiku aspect, right? It's, it's these short scenes 
they work together to tell a bigger story and each one every blade of grass in this is unique enough like look at that every blade of grass looks different you look at like a and you look at like a game like horizon forbidden west or zero dawn either of them and we always talk about how incredible amazing they look but um Look at the look at the fucking grass like that. That's a that's the tag. Look at the fucking grass. I mean, that's a great tagline for this, and I think it's such a great way to to realize you don't need to make a giant expand. What the hell's going on there, Taylor? I hit my I hit my microphone. Yeah, you're going nuts I literally right now. I literally just I just moved my arm. Um, but yeah, everything is so meticulously created and so purposeful in this that uh, I think it uh, you know it it. It really has an impact. Yeah, what I was getting ready, I mean, I was moving my arm because I was going to say something, which was, but what it kind of reminds with your arm. <laughs> no, but 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 I like to move my mic yeah. when I when I'm getting ready to speak. Um, it reminds me of when they were talking about some of the development for Spider-Man mm-hmm. into the multiverse or um, into the Spider-Verse, where they their idea was that every individual frame of that movie could be kind of viewed sure like frame by frame and and look good every mm-hmm. single time i and it, it's very this reminds me of that in in a lot of ways it's um it's in that vein i think it's um it's not just meant to look good in this case which it definitely does it's meant to be meaningful like everything yeah, is okay. so meaningful and again and i'll blaze through this real quick again look at this just gorgeous scene it's a silhouette uh, you know, among, amongst this background, the lights coming coming through. Um, here is, is like fucking rocks. Here I am. You kind of see him. Uh, he's walking across that little ledge back there. Um, but and then here's kind of one of the last scenes I wanted to talk talk through. It's, it, it literally it, this is all about this the storytelling experience. Yeah, one on one battles. Obviously, it's combat, but this is this is cinema. It's we looked at um, Sifu, which is cinematic fights, like cool kung fu style fights from a few, you know, few months back. This is the actual cinematic story from that era, from the '50s film era of Japan, that is so compelling. And hey, the combat is pretty cool. Uh, the duels are pretty cool. Um, the actual plot ends up being it, it goes places like it really it's all about integrity it's all about honor it's all about like a rebirth of this character uh and i think it's it's such a worthwhile experience and it's only like four or five hours long i mean this is an awesome game to i actually don't recommend playing it on steam deck because uh look how you tiny yeah i was gonna say you, you kind of want it a little bigger yeah, you do want this a little bigger. I actually, this is the kind of game that you might actually want to play on a big screen TV. So if you're playing it on Steam, that's fine. Plug it in your TV or stream it to your TV. Uh, I think it's worth it that way. Anyways, Trek to Yomi, um, God, it is. Uh, it's worth. It's worth it just for the kind of experiential aspect of telling this story. And I think I think the majority of folks who play this are really gonna. Or are hopefully going to see that side and not just think, oh, just another side-scrolling ninja game because it's definitely not that. Not ninjas, obviously. Um, it's uh, it's so much more, and, and uh, kudos to Flying Wild Hog for putting this together uh, because I think it's um, so freaking fantastically done. And it's it's 
catapulted to some some of my favorite games. I'm gonna meet you again, Taylor. God Almighty, you're click clacking. It's picking up everything. Um, it's, it's it's catapulted to my top three games of the year already, and um, uh, I think it's just it's just it's it's a fantastic uh, it's it's an experiential thing that I think you guys gotta check out. So yeah, there you go. Now I've unmuted you. There it is. That's crazy. We could hear every. We could hear every, every move you were doing. That's, I, I don't know. What it, I, it's it's so wild because hold on. What's my gone for is? gone for two weeks is what happens. Oh, you know. Oh, that's why. Hold on. While you're setting that up, JJ, you got comics, don't you? Yeah, I mean, what better time to talk about comics, right? Yeah. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. JJ, I saw your tweet. Now you sound better. You sound better, Taylor. Yeah, so what I did, my, my, I don't know when I would have done this. My StreamYard mic input was direct mic. Oh. No, uh, not, not NVIDIA broadcast, which is what uh, I usually use. Uh, so there was no noise canceling or reduction going on. Um, but JG, I saw your, uh, frankly, offensive tweet about, <laughs> about how you're, you're putting me on notice about Monday being my cutoff date for that's, you spoil. That's Disney's official mandate, not mine. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, listen, you were more than happy to hop on fucking board, um, which means yeah. which means that I had to mute um, multiverse personally in Twitter. Oh, uh, don't, so. Don't. Don't don't you worry. I I'm not that guy. I would no. It's too late. I already did it. That's fine. You. You're not you that to, guy. It's smart to do that. Just not for yeah. me. Uh, I I want it. I'm I I have a, I have a Twitter group chat that I can talk waste all of this energy on. But yeah, no. It's 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 it's, it's bonkers that it's bonkers that the Disney was like, yeah, Monday seems good enough. <laughs> After the opening weekend, suck it, bitch. Like, well, I went, I went on, I went on YouTube like this morning, and there were already like the biggest spoilers were already like fully up there, ready to go. Well, I mean, I expect that everything after. Yeah. I mean, because or have the early showings gotten pushed to Wednesday yet? Not um, yet. Only like world <laughs> premieres and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's fucking. That's enough some, for me, man. Some spoilers. Uh, some places, like I think the UK, gets it yeah. on like Tuesday or Wednesday. But yeah, yeah, we are we're still Thursdays in the US. Yeah, uh, because yeah, Thursday can't... at like nine PM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> my, 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 at seven. My, my showing seven. was my showing was six ten PM yeah. on Thursday, and that yeah. wasn't even like the first it, showing. No, there was a showing. Back in my day, it used to be midnight because it was actually Friday. Yeah, this, actually, it was eleven fifty nine, and then yes, yeah. <laughs> but they stopped doing that uh, after the Batman incident. So yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, don't don't they still count it as weekend showings? They do. Yeah, yeah. It's bullshit. Stupid. Uh, and also, to- tomorrow <laughs> is also free comic book day. Yes. So, Ooh, uh, I have to go down to my comic store. Yeah, so oh no, if, I'm going. I'm gone again this weekend. Uh, no, no. Comic store wherever you're at. Yeah, JJ, you're at there is not. There's not one. Yeah, yeah. Going. A lot of bookstores will give away stuff too. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you're near, if you have a local comic book store, go there. They'll they have. There's some good stuff this year, and uh, a lot of them will do sales and discounts and, and mm-hmm. things. Even like if you have like a half price books, they'll do stuff. If you yes. have, uh, that's where I'm going. Of, 
Yeah. Uh, so there's there, there's a lot of stuff. It, it helps the small businesses and you'll get some like ridiculous 25 cent clearance books at half price books. You go there. It's beautiful. Um, so I figured why not dive back in and I've got five comics that, I, do it. that I chose from the last my poll box from the last three weeks. Uh, so I'm, I'll start with uh, the final issue, issue two of Jim Rugg's Hulk Grand Design. So they can focus it in there. Mm-hmm. I need to turn off the blur. Uh, yeah, yeah, turn off the blur. This, just for this particular uh, uh, moment here, but we'll, we'll, we'll blast through it. So yeah, you got Hulk, Hulk Grand Design Madness. Uh, no. This Whoa. is yeah, it's, it's a done, badass cover. Oh, it's a badass comic. I can open it up a little bit. Um, it's uh, it's artist Jim Rugg, who's kind of like an independent mm. sort of folk artist almost, and it's all sort of like uh pop art in a lot of ways uh and this is issue two the first issue came out uh a couple of weeks mm. ago and it's a sort of pop art retelling of the entire history of the hulk oh wow um, so like okay so, so like this one's this one starts off like with like him marrying betty and like a, working with the avengers for the first time and his uh, rematch with Wolverine and Inf- Infinity huh. Gauntlet and all that mm. kind of stuff. So he was a, Hulk was originally introduced in Wolverine. Wolverine was originally introduced well, was in Hulk. In Hulk. Oh, okay, yeah. I can I couldn't remember which way it went. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is a, a beautiful like, just for the art and sort of like a brief history of the Hulk. Uh, both of these comics, both issues are really really good. It's called Hulk uh, Grand Design. Uh, huh. So that one I love. Next one, they relaunched the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, um, again for like the 80th been, time. Yeah, so they just wrapped <laughs> Which, up. What's yeah. nuts is that it's it's yeah. a relaunch of Amazing Spider-Man, not yeah. even just Spider-Man. There's yeah. like yeah, here's uh, the it's, alternate. It's, it's issue one. What you can't see is underneath it in the little box. Uh, it's Legacy Number Eight Ninety Five. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, all right um so they just finished a major storyline event where peter parker was no longer spider-man it was ben yeah. riley again mm-hmm. um and they just wrapped this up and this one is sort of like starting again from the status quo uh it's uh, a new writer and john romita jr is back doing art on spider-man which is really nice. really cool uh, a great spider-man artist um and it starts off in a sort of a vague area where something's happened and Peter Parker is broke again. <laughs> uh, he's been rich since the I series. saw the movie, JJ. I yeah. know that he's very he's he's, he's broke in, now. Yeah. Yeah, in the in the comics, he's been rich since the Superior Spider-Man days, where Doctor Octopus took over his body. Uh, and oh like, yeah, and, and like so, as Doctor Octopus, he went back to college and earned Peter Parker his degree, and then like started Parker <laughs> Industries. Nice. And like the Beyond storyline was Parker Industries folded, and so this company called Beyond acquired the spider-man assets and and created their own spider-man and that's why it's been rightly so that's the whole thing so this is starting <laughs> what are you talking about uh, uh, it's comics <laughs> it, this is the least weird stuff that i'm going to be talking <laughs> no about. i know this actually well i mean aside from the body swap stuff it's yeah. actually like oh yeah. yeah no this isn't yeah. this is not unintelligible yeah so uh so now peter parker is kind of back at ground zero for whatever reason you don't know yet they're kind of working you through it but he's on the outs with mary jane again his aunt Aunt may's kind of being a little quick with him um 
he doesn't have a relationship with the Avengers of the Fantastic Four anymore. He's just broke, alone, and mm -hmm. trying to figure out the Spider-Man. And people th has thought he was dead for a while. So this is the launch to that. It's an oversized issue, so it's uh, $6 as opposed to the usual four. Uh, and it's sort of kicking off this brand new uh, Peter Parker having to be Spider-Man while also dealing with the bullshit of being... Uh, a, per, a, a person, a, a, a regular dude with regular dude problems. So, uh, so far, so good. Off to a great start with a great new direction. Um, I, I hope they kind of keep Spider Man a little more grounded because some of the bonkers stuff is a little too bonkers sometimes. Uh, I'll talk about this one. It's um, May 4th, was obviously Star Wars Day. Um, yeah, I know. I, if you weren't if you, I, if you weren't online, it'd be hard way. Um, so they launched a new uh, comic series called Obi Wan. This is a variant cover that I got by one of my favorite artists, Peach Momoko, um, and it's basically going to be its own standalone series. Where in the Star Wars comics, every handful of issues or shit, so mm -hmm. they'll have like Luke Skywalker reading pages out of Obi Wan's journal. Um, and so you're like going back and learning like what Obi-Wan was doing sure. on Tatooine in the times, what, kind of like what the new television series is kind of based mm -hmm. off of. Um, but this is older Obi-Wan. Like this one starts, it's, it's, it's old, it's old Ben Kenobi. Um, and it sort of starts with like him retelling the story of his like earliest days as a child being trained as a youngling. Um, so, uh, It'll be very interesting. It's a very good story. It sort of shows like his like his first steps into becoming a Jedi and his first interactions with Yoda as a, as, as a trainee and as a Jedi. Um, and the next issue seems it's going to jump forward because it's just journal entries, basically. Um, the next one looks like it's going to be Phantom Menace era, uh, him training under Qui-Gon era stuff. So um, I really like... Obi-Wan as a character, obviously everyone does, but like it's fun to explore it deeper mm -hmm. like this. And it feels like when it's just focused on him and not like the greater world of Star Wars and the Skywalkers and all that stuff, um, it's 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 really entertaining. And I've some of those uh journal issues of Star Wars um were some of my favorites of the Marvel Star Wars stuff. So to have just sort of its own standalone series, uh, I'm really excited for it. I've added it to my poll list. Uh, can't wait to uh, go experience more Obi-Wan stories. Uh, next up, we got Justice League number 75, which is mm -hmm. the death of the Justice League. Um, and Gone forever. Definitely never yeah, coming back. Definitely never coming back. There's there's a new uh, story, major event that's launching. Mm -hmm. uh, Free Comic Book Day has sort of the first, like, uh, like the teaser for it called dark crisis. Mm -hmm. um, they reserve the crisis name for usually big events. Yeah. Obviously it's, it's, it's one of their things. And so this is a story where the justice league get killed. And that's not like a, a goof. It's not like, like only a couple of them get killed. You get uh green spoilers, not spoilers. They have their coffins on the front of the comic mm -hmm. and these are the ones that die you lose green arrow you lose green lantern you lose batman you use lose wonder woman and you lose superman the last man standing is uh uh black adam hmm. uh and the final pages of this actually like kind of apes uh infinity gauntlet 
uh, in a way where there's the famous scene where the Silver Surfer crashes through the top yeah. of um, uh, the Sanctum Santorum and uh, says like, you know, Thanos is coming and that kind of thing. And they ape that in Infinity War or End Infinity uh, War, yeah. where it's where it's Banner getting crashed through there and doing the Thanos <clears throat> is coming. And it's the exact same thing where it's like he crashes through the the Hall of Justice and like he's crushed on the uh, floor and does like the, the Avengers are dead or the Avengers the uh, Justice League are dead um, and so Dark Crisis is going to be dealing with the fallout of that and yeah. the, the Justice League is dead it's it's left to sort of the young Justice League people that have been sort of the ones that like you know kind of hanging out in the periphery um, so. Uh, it's a very fun issue, and despite all the death, because it's it's it clearly they're going for a big feel in this issue. Like they want this to be like talked about, and it has a relatively graphic scene of Wonder Woman and Batman and them getting like killed. Um, hmm. and, and it's it's really, really, really fascinating to see like DC constantly trying to reinvent itself every mm -hmm. time none of it's really working but like when it comes to an event they tend to pull out all the stops uh so and this is a crisis event in the in the current continuity so i kind of expect them to go all in on it but um after the fact after inevitably it resets the status quo again for the DC mm. universe, it's just going to fall apart again until yeah. they do their next big event that's going to reset the status quo because uh, DC sort of has lost its direction. Like the individual stuff is good, but like uh, by and large, there's kind of it's, it's mostly forgettable, which is a shame. Like it's, yeah. I love DC comics, like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman are like, like if you have a Mount Rushmore of comic book characters three of them have to be like dc characters like you know it, it's it's like batman and superman yeah, alone deserve sure. to be on there i, yeah. I think like spider-man is probably marvel's biggest character mm -hmm. or at least was up until mm -hmm. like nowadays with iron man and captain america being what they are i, but I still think spider-man spider-man it transcends stuff and you know wonder woman's right up there too like mm -hmm. these characters that have been around for 20 years longer than uh, most of the uh, Marvel superheroes, like the, you know, Batman. Namor, Namor is going to be up there. Yeah, like Batman and Superman are like, you know, celebrating yeah. like 85th anniversary now. Meanwhile, this issue of Spider-Man is Spider-Man's 60th anniversary. Yeah. So, uh, and last but not least, a very interesting one. Um, hmm. This is, uh, it's giant size, it's a one shot, so there's only this, the only issue. It's giant size X-Men number one. <laughs> Thund oh, the first Thunderbird. one ever. Thunderbird. It's just okay. about Thunderbird. Um, it's it's co-written by Nyla Rose, oh, the AEW wow. wrestler. That's kind of um, awesome. Uh, and so the big thing about this one is okay. <clears throat> if you haven't been following X Men books, they are insane. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, they live on their own island now as a private mutant nation. The island itself is a mutant. Um, and they have cured all illness and death. Um, you can't, you cannot, yeah. you can't die if you're a mutant because Krakoa, because they basically are keeping a backup of you. So when you die, Krakoa can rebirth you from an egg and you retain your memories and you just, you're who you were born again. Um, at one point they were able to cure all illnesses and they were sort of like 
flooding the American economy with the with their drugs mm-hmm. to sort of crush the pharmaceutical major pharmaceutical companies and stuff is sort of like it's amazing. Yeah, X Men's X Men's bonkers now. It's kind of doing away with the weird human rights things and just kind of going for like this weird socialist utopia thing. And it's been working out relatively good for the most mm-hmm. part, which is uh, you know they're hated. Uh, on you know earth i guess it's hard mm-hmm. to say because krakoa just kind of exists in its own thing um but after a recent storyline uh this the wanda who's not a mutant but like was killed on krakoa and there was a whole thing it was a trial of magneto and it was this whole thing about do we resurrect uh her she's not a mutant but she's you know mutant causes and you know, mm-hmm. she, he's not her dad, but she is her dad with Magneto and, and all this stuff. Um, she ends up sort of curing herself. So like all of the darkness is now purged out of her and she gives mutants the ability to not need the backups. You can just, mm. you, no matter how long you've been dead, you can get resurrected and thusly bringing back Thunderbird, who's kind of been one of those mutants that's been dead. who's like one of the first mutants ever killed in the comics like Mm -hmm. he was in the original giant size x-men when they relaunched it and issue two they killed him um and like warpath ended up being his brother you know all that yeah stuff and so this is him resurrected trying to like find his way in the mrs world that he has never lived in and he ends up going kind of an awesome uh premise yeah and it's him going back to his like his his poem to his tribe you know Mm -hmm. because he's a native american uh uh, superhero mm-hmm. and, and like and, and stuff's going down and it's him trying to sort of solve like the problems that are going down there while people also trying to be like you've been dead why should we even <laughs> Yo, trust homie, or you've been dead <laughs> yeah and, and and it's like it's a genuinely good one shot despite the sort mm-hmm. of ridiculousness of what x-men's doing with this like we fear death like clearly nothing's going to come out uh, of this but uh because it's it's uh, at some point this is all going to explode in their faces and that'll be a a huge event well what's what's always weird about stuff like this and you know kind of similar to the house of m territory which is create a really complicated very particular atmosphere that in the end we will wipe away and it won't matter to any particular significance other than Mm -hmm. the fact that like hey you remember that house of m shit well, you know, it's funny with the House of M stuff, the, the, the no more mutants thing that happened at the end of House of M yeah. only very, very recently got rectified, which is the mm. most bizarre. Like they, they, well, they were, that, but that's, yeah. and that's going to yeah. keep happening in comics, yeah. which is the fact yeah. that like, you know, whoever yeah. takes over the broader editorial choice is going to be yeah. like, all right, let, yeah, this is the one thing that we're going to remember yeah. or that's going to be really important from what yeah. happened there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's, you know, like every once every every like like cycle reboot of like anything that like Wanda is involved in. Somebody's like, can we really trust her? I mean, she did do all of that stuff. She did manipulate reality to be like where her dad was king. (laughs) Like, yeah. So um, but like, I don't know where the X-Men stuff goes from here. Mm -hmm. It's, It's 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 gotten too big and ridiculous at this point. And and it's kind of hard to tell how it's going to blow up in their faces other than probably another Avengers versus X-Men kind of situation. Probably. Yeah. Um, 
the Phoenix Force will get involved in some way, as it always does. Um, and then, like, there will be some sort of, like, mutant registration something, or we can't... So, some good guy, some good mutant. Time, time to rehash one of the other yeah. main story elements of the yeah. X-Men that we have going for us. Yeah, yeah, Cyclops will turn bad again. It'll just be all that stuff, so. No, um, yeah. I'm counting on him for my yeah. Deadpool storyline. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that's my five nice picks. Of excellent, picks. excellent. Yeah. And tomorrow is free comic book day. Free comic book day, get them so, books. Yeah, there's a there's plenty, plenty of video game related. There's a Bloodborne comic for. Free there's comic a Bloodborne day. comic. There's a Sonic comic. There's Sonic. a Street Fighter comic. There's always a Street um, Fighter and always a Sonic com- and always yeah. a po- Pokemon comic. Is there's there a, there's a just- Pokemon Adventures. Yeah. yeah. So. There's a turtles one, yeah. Oh yeah, I saw the turtles with, one with yeah. the vintage, with the vintage Eastman style. This cover. is this is the case of me having to go, might having, might have to go to two or three stores because each one is uh they have a limit. Usually it's like two to three comics yeah. is the most you can get. So it's like all right, I gotta go to like what? three of them now to get them, all the ones that I actually yeah. want to check out. I make yeah, mine does five. <clears throat> oh nice. Uh, nice, but I but I am surrounded by three like distinct comic book stores. Okay, so. Uh, I could get all of them if I wanted to, but yeah. I won't. I won't. I may dress up tomorrow. I may have to wear my Ghostbusters costume. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to dress up into my pajamas shortly here because that's the end of this episode. Oh yeah, gents, a good time as always. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic to hang out. Where can you guys can find me? Oh wait, oh wait, wait. I just heard somebody. Oh, hey, wait. Oh, hold on. Uh, pause. Time out. Somebody just joined. Hey friend, how are you? Oh, hey, hey Dolly, I uh, chew bubble gum and I kick ass and make video games. And I hear, oh guys, it's Reggie! Look at that, it's Reggie. Just wanted to. Hey, you know, what, what, so what was funny is that is that like I I could not find the tweet, but <laughs> as soon as you said that, oh, it's like in between his book tour, I was like, it's no fucking. Book. No, it's like no, no. it's like a I believed one hundred percent that you that you would tweet at Reggie. And I also did, be yeah. and and also be no no way that he would ever fucking reply to you about it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna interview Reggie one day one day. That's one of my goals. One of my goals. Anyways, I've I've started reading the book. Um, Disrupting a game just came out, and it's it's pretty good. It's 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 just kind of it focuses more I mean, on the business side, like his business background and how that sort of how much you know, Pizza Hut talk is. There? How much there's there's enough. Um, yes. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> Meanwhile, like you, you take that with. Uh, I have, I have a good game. Does he mention? Talk- does he mention the Bigfoot pizza? Uh, let's just say that uh, there is an enormous pizza that he talks about in there. Yeah, no, I, I, w- I will say, I will say, Reggie also did come up in recent news because yeah. of the the stuff with Nintendo and contractors and the controversy yep. that's surrounding that at the moment, and. Um, you know, so a lot of people have been kind of like so. Reggie's reaction was, "That's not the Nintendo that I remember," and yep. a lot of people's reactions are, "It was definitely happening while you it were there." So, were there, <laughs> um, but no, but, compare this to the Iwata book, which is a very different kind of book. Um, yeah. They ask Iwata stuff, and the um, the Kojima book, which is just this weird. That you, Kojima you gotta, book is bonkers, man. It's bonkers. I think you got to be a, as, you got to be pretty high to watch. It that, is a, so. it is a it is just a train of thoughts. That's yes. all that book is, and, it's and I'm it, it. I think all three of these books are great, and I definitely want to yeah, play Lancelot. Um, definitely will be uh, continually reading uh, reading each of these. It kind of takes. 
the way I read books like this is I'll, I'll read a little bit, then I'll, it's not a story, right? It's kind of snippets. And so, um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm like a couple chapters in. Uh, I think I'm just so, going to get yeah. the audio book of that because I think I will get the audio book anyways because it's Reggie. It's narrating. Reggie reading it. Yeah. So that's just that's what I need. Anyways, uh, at Dolly Demosky, at Taylor Bliss, right there. Like, it's like I'm, I'm tickling your armpit. <laughs> and uh, tickling your beard. You got the beard. beard. There you go. Got you. Yeah. Full of your. Ah! And- the underscore double underscore J. The, 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 the earth thing is a good joke to Google if you ever get around yeah. to it. Yeah. To see which to see which earth that is. <laughs> um you can find us at sidequesting, sidequesting.com, sidequesting TV on Twitch, sidequesting on YouTube. We'll see you on the next episode of The Side West. Charles is my head. Gonna tell you now.